Look out! It's the Sparrow Pictures. Snip it. I am uh, Mike Flynn, and I am a retired Army officer, a general officer from the United States Army. And I spent uh, most of my life in uh, service to the Army, and principally the Army, but uh, all the services. And uh, retired as a uh, as a three-star lieutenant general. I loved, absolutely loved. I go back and serve today, if I if I thought that was the the nation's call. And then I uh, got involved in uh, politics simply because I wanted the country to stay a the democracy that it is. And I felt like we were moving in a direction that where we are today, which is toward socialism, and that's really a dangerous place for. Uh, a democracy. And so I got involved in politics and and uh, ended up uh, helping out Donald Trump uh, get elected in 2016. And then, uh, you know, Katie barred the door and uh, and the the assault began. And that assault continues to today. So here we are sitting in Anaheim in this particular uh, part of this journey uh, for one of these health and freedom festivals. And we are still that assault continues. The assault continues. So, uh, it, you know, it, ne- it never ends. It'll never end. It, you know, you're always going to have to stand up for what you believe in. And, and uh, you know, it's not a you, you go through a set of decision make decision making processes. And those are really, really difficult unless you've been in somebody's shoes. You just don't know. So that's kind of who I am. And I think most people know uh, today that pay attention that that look to find the truth, to discover the truth, that um, that they uh, know what happened, and now now what everybody's waiting for, like me, we're waiting for accountability. That's next, right? And like I say, and I say this publicly, that accountability, if it doesn't come in the in the courts of America, it'll come at the gates of hell. Well, I think what we're facing globally is we are facing uh, uh, really a, a shift, an ideological shift to assume power, uh, to continue to consume great wealth, and with, with, uh, with wealth actually comes power, and with power comes wealth. But the the Great Reset, which there's books written about it, and it's worth it's worth really people that watch this to go and read those books. And maybe you guys can on a on a side way that you that you direct there, Matthew. You know how you show those books because there's some really good books, and people ought to study them in detail. But the Great Reset is a shift of ideal of sort of an ideological path that the there a small group wants the world to go down. Right. Instead of having the way the world is right, where you have separate nation states and you have competing ideologies and adversarial ideologies in some cases, you know, democracy is a is really adversarial to communism. Can you live in, in the same world together? We have been. And there's other there's other ideologies that are kind of in the here and now. But, you know, in the past, it's it was different ideologies in world history. So so we're now in a place where we have an idea ideological shift, a huge shift, and it's by a sort of a globalist elite. And that globalist elite is really trying to um, take control and take power of probably the last reigning 
strength of the world, economic system, military system to a degree, uh, ideological system, which is the United States of America. And so I, I uh, you know, maybe the, maybe the United States is waning instead of waxing like the moon, right? You wax, you're going up, you're waning, you're coming down. Uh, so maybe we're waning. I don't believe that. You know, I, I, uh, you know, in other conversations I've had, because I'm a guy that has always studied our enemies and studied our adversaries and tried to put myself in their boots or their shoes or their, or their cultures or their towns or wherever they, wherever they lived in their military mind, particularly to try to understand what it was that they were thinking. Um, I, I actually think that they made a huge mistake. So I think that they made a huge mistake in their timing. Where are we with everything, right? We're just what's happening for the, for the average listener, for those people that are out there that are going to watch something like this. You know, where are we? And so because in the military, we talk about first generation, second generation, third generation, fourth generation, fifth generation warfare. And, and the military, like we do, is we define all those things. And there, and there's, you know, there's different aspects of that. You know, like first generation warfare is like really the classic, right? So where are we? Well, first of all, I would take and wipe the table of all of those. Okay? War is war. It's the tools that you're applying at a given moment in time to be able to achieve an objective. So when we start to define, well, are we here? Well, I'm fighting first generation war over here, over here. I'm fighting fourth generation war. And it just confuses everybody, right? So war is war. What people typically think about with war is that people die in war, right? You go to war, people are going to sacrifice, and there's going to be uh, catastrophe and, and death. And that's, that's not what we, uh, we never want that to happen. I, I, uh, I believe... And I've, I've, you know, written about this, that war is the norm for human behavior. Now, in this country, we only we probably have one percent of the population that is serving or has served, you know, and it's less and less the further we get away from generations that served in, let's just say, World War Two, which is really we're getting further away from that or the Korean War or even the Vietnam War. But really, war is the norm in human behavior and in history. I mean, and peace is the aberration. And people go, ah, he's out of his mind. No, I'm not. I mean, this is going to be the 20th year, 20 years, first two decades of our, of the 21st century for the United States of America, where we've been at war. This country's been at war overseas. You know, some, in some cases, it was 100,000 plus troops deployed in Afghanistan or Iraq. Now we're down to the lesser thousands, but it's still, if, you, if you're in the military and you go over there, somebody's going to try to kill you. So that's war, right? And now, at a certain point in time, it becomes economic or it becomes informational, which is really what part of a big, big part of your question, Matt, is that what's, what happens in the information component of all types of warfare? Because the information component has been around since the beginning of time when it comes to warfare. There's always been deception. There's always been dishonesty. There's always been spying, right? It's, that's happened throughout the history of warfare and throughout the history of the world. So now we're, we're just at a new level because we have, you know, we have all this technology, right? So we have, you know, this kind of stuff. 
and, and we have censorship. And then you add into it at the high, at a different level, you add in political correctness, which is really dangerous for a, dem- a democratic society in warfare, where if, if you have to be politically correct when you're asked a question and they want you to be politically correct instead of giving your honest, you know, expert judgment, that's a dangerous place to be because that's also informational warfare, but it's done domestically in, in our case, right? In, in many cases. So, so we have these competing things about warfare. Our nation has been at war for 20, 20 years here, coming up to 20 years and not the whole country. And that's a, that's actually a, a, a travesty because, you know, we all applaud our military for going overseas and potentially sacrificing their lives. And we're all, oh, that's so sad. That's what happens. And the rest of the country just kind of goes on and doesn't even know what they're going to do Saturday night. So that's a little bit of a, of a little bit of an emotion coming out of me because I've seen, I've seen the worst of humanity overseas and I've seen the worst of corruption and I've seen people uh, who have lost their lives, who have families, right? So, so there's a, there's a part of who all of us are that have served overseas that have been, uh, sort of been there, done that, I guess, um, that, that, that have friends or know, just know that kind of feeling. And it's a difficult feeling. So where are we in this country today? We are in a place where it's a very fragile place, the United States of America. We're in a very fragile place. And the, the fragileness or the fragility of where we are is that our Constitution is being frayed. And in some places, it's being torn to shreds. So one of the areas where it's being torn to shreds is something called trust. And this is what these, these health and freedom festivals are really about. It's about instilling trust in the American people and teaching them, educating them, uh, bringing out ideas and bringing out the truth and, and doing it with people who know what they're talking about. I mean, on the health side, some of the, some of the leading doctors in the world in this, in all this stuff that we're dealing with, with this COVID, uh, you know, pandemic, right? Plandemic or whatever you want to call it. I mean, it's really, there's so much fake information. You know, it's kind of like a don't look here. And then on the freedom side, we've got political people. We've got uh, religious people. We've got national security experts. We have influencers in the social media. We have media personalities that are talking about freedom. Because one of the things, and I'll get off my soapbox here, Matt, in a second, so you maybe get one more question in. There's a tension, and there's tension always always has existed and always will exist between liberty and order, okay? And liberty is what we all, what we Americans want. I don't want, you know, I don't want to be bothered. I, mean, I want my liberties. I want my freedoms. I want to be able to sit here, talk to you the way I want to talk. I want to be able to go, you know, say what I want to say. I want to go peacefully assembly, assemble. I want to go practice whatever religion I want to practice, and I don't want the government to tell me what to do. I want to make my own health choices. I want to be smart about what those health choices are. So that's the that's this COVID stuff right now where we've got the, you know, people marching around in uh, hometown USA saying, hey, have you, you haven't taken the jab yet. You're ready to take the jab. You know, it's none of your business whether I did. And, I, and I'm I've been around thousands and thousands of people. And I'm, I feel fine. You know, all these all these young people, these young children, especially children that are being told they can't come back to school if they, unless, they get the, unless they get the shot. None of them are sick. 
You know, don't don't do that. Don't. And nobody should call this a vaccine because a vaccine, by definition, in our system is an is a FDA approved. Element, component, whatever. Medicine. It's FDA approved. And the FDA approval process that I have learned is like goes from like five years to 15 years because they have to experiment with all kinds of other things, particularly animals and different types of animals as the as a vaccine progresses. So now we're talking about giving it to children and children have almost a damn near 100 percent recovery rate with, you know, with very, very, very few exceptions. And those that I know of are like because of other existing conditions. So now we're you know, so now it's like that should be your choice. That's a liberty. The, the side of order is, well, the government needs to, you know, make sure that we have law enforcement, right? We have rule of law. We have safe streets. We have street lights out there on the streets out there that says a red light comes on, a car stops. That's order. And we've, we've trained that and instilled that in our system. But that tension between liberty and order exists for all Americans. And we have, we have to stay and we, the people, have to stay I think, and we have to move our government, our federal government, especially more towards the idea that we're not going to give up our liberties. We're not going to give up our liberties. We want order, but we want our federal government to get out of the the business of telling us every single thing that we must do and every single thing that we must teach our children or do to our children. It's not the government's responsibility. Yeah, so, so, right. So, you know, digital soldiers, what is that? What I was really referring to was what I call and referred to and spoke about citizen journalists, because the journalists that we have did a disservice to to their profession, clearly, and to the nation, because they if you you know, if you're pretending to be a journalist and you know that what you're what you're writing about or what you're speaking about is an absolute lie, then you're not a journalist. You're a liar. Right. You're just not. And then you can't say that, well, it's a, that's a, you know, a conspiracy theory. How many, how many big media have been caught lying, right? So, so the citizen journalist is in the, in the framework or the, or the, the, the analogy or the metaphor that I like to use. The citizen journalist is that digital soldier, right? And there are millions of these people around the world, around the world, not just here in this country, because I, I, you know, I've, I've had interactions over the persecution that I went through with a lot of people. And thank God that that those citizen journalists were digging for the truth, because that's what digital soldiers are out there on this digital battlefield that I showed you earlier about the phone. You know, these these tools that we have for everybody now. Right. So they're out there digging for the truth. They're they're fighting this information war, trying to discover the truth. And I always I always say that. Those citizen journalists, those digital soldiers, in my case, my personal case, and I, I will speak for myself right here, that we probably, I, I probably had the largest law firm in the history of the world involved in my case for me, that worked for me, worked to, to discover the truth, because we would use threads. You know, a thread is on a, on a Twitter feed, which I've been, I've been banned from Twitter. Um, so... We would use threads. We would use analysis from some of these citizen journalists who weren't really, they're not trained journalists. They're just people that are like researching, reading, digging, you know, and, and just constantly analyzing, is this true or not? 
And if they didn't think it was true, they would, before they went forward with something, they would take a little bit more and they would discover, you know, because there's three sides to the truth. There's your side, right? There's your side, there's my side, and then there's the truth. And you can get close to it. So we would use these digital soldiers, these, these citizen journalists, to actually discover, discover the truth for my case. And we would use a lot of that information right directly in the filings that we filed. Amazing. So that's why I say, I mean, I always say thanks to the American people. Really, thanks to all the citizen journalists and all the digital soldiers that fought for me. Uh, because, you know, and I, I, I say it's a little bit tongue in cheek, but it's real. And I had the largest law firm in the world working for me to discover the truth. You know, and that's why I'm able to sit here today, Matt, uh, to talk to you and, uh, and to be part of this Health and Freedom Festival here in Anaheim. And we have them coming up, and I'm sure you guys will talk about where they are coming up here in the future. So thank you very much. I think we're going to be in the other one, so I think we'll be able to talk again. Yeah, yeah, you should be. I wish you were at Tulsa. Tulsa was the shot heard around the world, yeah. right? When the, with the, uh, the analogy of Tulsa versus, you know, the Battle of Lexington Common. So our bed is here. Uh, we're excited about this. We've been waiting for a couple of months. So our backs uh, hopefully uh, are going to love this. It does come with instructions. So place a mattress on your foundation, platform, bed, or other supported surface. And then cut the bag open with the scissors. Step back and watch your mattress begin to unroll. Yeah. Okay. Oh. <laughs> I love it. And we're going to let you know what we think in the morning. Fresh my pillows, fresh bed. Uh, how did you sleep? That was the best night's sleep I've ever had. Wow. Yeah. yeah. That was definitely, yeah. Amazing. The best mattress mm -hmm. I've ever had. Mm -hmm. We should do it again tonight. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Really? Yeah. Uh -huh. Yeah. Coffee's not bad either. For the best night's sleep in the whole wide world, visit mypillow.com. Use promo code SPIRO.